Hey, cabin lovers, welcome back to the My Dream Log Cabin podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, and this podcast is brought to you by Caribou Creek Handcrafted Log Homes, where passion, artisanship, and experience come together to deliver the log home of your dreams. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, welcome to the My Dream Log Cabin podcast. I'm so excited today to bring you a special guest. Alex McKinley. Alex is the vice president uh, and a mortgage lender. That's her primary claim of fame (laughs) at the Federal Savings Bank in Colorado. So I'm excited to have her on here because the Federal Savings Bank lends on log cabins. Okay. So obviously it's relevant to the podcast, but Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Please introduce yourself and uh, let everybody know a little bit about you. Where are you from? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. This is a really, really fun opportunity to chat with you. Um, I am out of Colorado, um, like Lindsay said, but I um, have been in lending since 2002. Um, I absolutely love construction financing. I think that's my passion um, to really get involved with people and helping them make their their dream homes. I personally grew up in a home that my 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 dad built. So when it's time to go home for the holidays, you have that emotional sentiment that is along with, you know, we're going home and my dad built this. We built this from the ground up. So um, and then most recently, uh, my husband and I haven't built a home, but we completely renovated, gutted and redid a hundred year old cottage that is now our home. So it's really fun to walk through every room and be um, excited to know that we did this. We picked out all of this. This is something we created basically. Um, So that's why I really enjoy that part of, of my career is helping others build their dream homes. And we've got builds going throughout the entire United States. And it's just fun to get all the pictures of, of the progress along the way. Yeah, it's um, it's just a really fun part of my career uh, to create stuff and especially to be part of the Caribou Creek Log Homes because what you guys create is just absolutely incredible as far as the craftsmanship that goes into it and the detail. Um, and it's fun to be involved with a with a builder who takes that extra detail into what they create. So um, that's yeah, why I'm here. I love that. I didn't know that about you. What a cool, cool, mm-hmm. like tidbit, because I do what I appreciate that too. My dad, he didn't build the house that I grew up in, but he did remodel and totally got it. Like you said, with you did with your house. And yeah. I, every time I would, cause he was a flooring guy. So I'd see his like custom uh-huh. tile job and his, this, and I could like just picture his hands, you know, building that. Cause I was yeah. a part of it. So I totally appreciate that. And I think that is special. One of the coolest experiences. Anybody who's ever built a log home or any home for that matter to go through, to watch it. It's just so exciting to see it and then to be able to move in and, oh man, totally. Yeah. That it's fun. Cool. It's fun from the ground up. And I can tell you, it just, it gets really emotional when um, you go through the whole process of planning and budgets and numbers and closing on your loan to the moment where they break ground, frame goes up. And I mean, we, I share tears with my clients because it's just, it's that awesome. Oh, I can imagine. Well, okay. So you mentioned you, you liked what Caribou Creek is doing. 
how did you mm-hmm. discover Caribou Creek? How did we all get connected? Well, I had a, uh, a client that came across you guys and they were already pre-approved uh, through the lending process. And um, they had they had shopped around with other banks because, as you know, we're one of the few lenders that does lend on uh, log homes, especially in the jumbo market. Um, so this client um, is, I think, just about finished with your home that you guys um, built there in uh, the Coeur d'Alene, Idaho area. Um, and so he's firsthand where I got to see your product and your various floor plans and the detail and everything from staircases and windows and just little details. And I go, my gosh, this is this is quality like I haven't seen it. The size of the logs you guys use is just, it's unique. Um, and then it just really made me want to learn more about Caribou Creek. Um, so it was really fun to, you know, learn a little bit about the founders and how it's been in, in the family for so many years and how many um, of the employees there are direct relatives of the founders. So that really helps um when you're that passionate about something that you create, that your whole family is involved, makes me want to be a part of something like that. Um, because I know that you take pride in in your log homes, a lot of pride. Um, so that made me want to come up and, and visit the Caribou Creek site uh, there in Bonners Ferry. So I got to see firsthand um, the area where you guys are handcrafting these logs and um, the the detail that you put into the various faces of what you can do. It was just a learning experience um, and just definitely something that I'm proud to be be part of with you guys. Hey, cabin lovers, really quick, I just want to interrupt this amazing episode to let you know about a free checklist that we have available for you. It is called the Log Shoppers Checklist, and it's a spreadsheet with key questions that you should ask as you are shopping for a log cabin builder, as well as a matrix to help you compare and contrast builders. So at the end of the day, when you get your bids, you know that you're really comparing apples to apples and there should be no surprises, go ahead and head over to cariboucreek.com and get your copy. It's right on the homepage, the first button at the top. Once again, cariboucreek.com. Now back to the episode. Oh, cool. When were you able to come up? I haven't been in the in the front office there for a little bit. I've been having the pleasure of working from home like you see today, but (laughs) when did you come for a visit? I want to say it was July. My summer has flown by, but I I think it was July. (laughs) I think it did fly by for everybody, but I, you know what? I remember when that client very first called, it was at the end of my time with Caribou where I was working in the office. And um, when I started working with the bank and in all honesty, when he mentioned that he had a loan, we were all so skeptical because <laughs> we, anytime we've heard of that from a customer, it's never really worked out because most banks, as you know, they don't lend on log homes. And so we were just kind of like, is this the real deal? What's going on? Is he getting a personal loan? Cause people have done that, you know, obviously with, with their means, they can do that. So I was just really curious like about that. And it was so exciting when we finally like connected and learned more about your company and what you can do. 
it was it was like a breath of fresh air. We were like, this is amazing. So I think the feeling is very mutual here because, you know, we yeah. do get asked from people, can you, you know, help us with financing? And we don't, we don't do any financing in house. Obviously that would be a really made, we'd basically be our own bank. That would just be yeah. a little crazy, <laughs> but let's talk about that. Like, why is it that so many log or finances, banks, so to speak, don't lend on log homes. What is the big like to do about that? Yes. So to answer the question, um, why a lot of lenders do not lend on log cabins. And the main reason is that um, investors in the secondary market are just um, don't really take them. They don't purchase them. And it's not really anything that has to do with the log cabin itself. It's more just of a very unique market. So it really uh, makes that uh, sales market for the secondary smaller. So there's less people buying them. Um, so a lot of a lot of uh, banks will do a portfolio loan, for example. That's what we do for our construction loan to allow to lend on these log cabins. And then we are fortunate enough to have great relationships with uh, a lot of investors who will, and we we happen to know which ones those are. So we maintain a really great relationship with them because we send them a lot of loans. But uh, yeah, all in all, it just has to do with the market, really. Okay, so let me just unpack that a little bit for people who maybe don't have a clue about what the secondary market means. Mm -hmm. Is that saying, so most banks traditionally they lend money and then they kind of bundle up all their loans and they sell them to investors and that's how they get the funding for the loans back. So then they can lend it again, right? Is that kind of yeah. what you're saying? Really? Okay. And so essentially a lot of times secondary lenders or, you know, these hidden people with money, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, they have their own rules and regulations. They're kind of dictating what these banks can or cannot do. But because you guys have very strategic partnerships, you're able to kind of have a little bit more leniency now. Um, that's pretty cool. And that's something that obviously somebody somewhere must have decided was a good idea because it's not something every bank is out doing. Yes, absolutely. And and so our bank, uh, the Federal Savings Bank, is privately owned. That really helps. We are federally chartered. Um, but we're owned by five amazing veterans uh, who've just taken upon themselves to try and make not only homeownership affordable, but to be able to have these products available for these unique homes that are absolutely gorgeous and popular and gaining even more popularity. Uh, because we have so many construction builds going on right now across the country that are log homes um, and more and more people are becoming interested. So. I think that, you know, in the future, more more lenders will um, get on and on board and, and finance on these. But, you know, for now, we're fortunate to be, you know, one of the few that are. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. OK, so how does the process work? Like, what are some of the um, protocol maybe or how, how what word do you use to describe a project? Maybe you're looking at a project. Do you have any certain guidelines or criteria that you need to have met in order for the loan to even be considered? Yeah, so we do a lot of due diligence uh, on the front end and uh, in order to make sure that it's going to qualify and that it's going to be a sellable product like we're talking about in that secondary market um, where we take a look at not only the borrowers 
um, and what they're bringing to the table as far as their application goes. But we take a really strong look at their floor plans, uh, the area that they're going to build in. We look at comparables as far as homes that are in the area, just to make sure that what they're building is something that is marketable in their in their local area. Um, just because we want to make sure that from loan processing beginning to close and to when their home is complete, that they're building something that is going to end up with, you know, equity, hopefully, right? And and uh, something that's marketable in the future. So we'll take a look at uh, their application is simple. It's, it's super easy. It's just like applying for any other loan. Uh, we have a very secure online link. And uh, we try to educate our clients in, um, you know, the things that they're supposed to provide to us, you know, the standard stuff, income documentation, assets. And then we like to learn up front about their project and what they're hoping to do. And then, you know, this is where they tell us whether they own the land already or not. Um, if, if they own the land, do they have any, any loans on the land that we need to pay off with a construction loan, et cetera. Um, and then from establishing everything that they owe on, including the land and their debts and liabilities and their income, we establish uh, their budget, what they are pre-approved for. And then in an ideal uh, scenario, then they'll take that budget and then they'll go and meet with their builder and then they'll find a home that fits their budget. And then they'll start working on numbers and, you know, whatever custom ideas they have for their project. And then just making sure that everything stays at or under that budget so that when we get all of the paperwork in as far as the bids and um, all the numbers that are associated with everything from the ground up, right? Utilities, septic, well, are we, are we plugging into city water? All of those costs are, are things that we can lend on and cover with the construction loan. And um, so we want to make sure that we've got accurate numbers for everything in place, even before we submit the loan to processing. So we work really close hand in hand with the builders and the general contractors and the borrowers and help them throughout that whole process to make sure that uh, when they get to the closing table, everything makes sense. Um, the, the numbers look great. We have an approved plan that's going to make sense to the appraiser because we will send a, an appraiser out to do a specs and plans appraisal. And what this means is that they're they're basically doing just that. They're taking all their plans, all their specs, their numbers. Uh, they take into consideration material that's going to be used and um, finishing touches and whatnot. And then they will establish a future value of what the home will be worth when it's complete, which is huge because they're already starting out before we close on the construction loan with equity into their project, ideally. Um, and usually we, we do a really good job of looking at all of our comps and our numbers to make sure that we set our clients up properly to, to have that little bit of equity to um, look forward to when their home is complete. And especially in the past couple of years, it's it's been uh, a, a great time to build because housing prices just keep going up and up and up. So, okay. This um, is incredible. Like I had no idea there was so much 
going on behind the scenes. No idea. So the the amount of, I guess, hand-holding, so to speak, that you're doing, I don't know if that's your job specifically, or if you have a team Mm -hmm. of people who's doing that, but to be so familiar with construction, A, to be, because there's so many moving pieces, it could be easily overlooked. B, to understand all of the, like how to get the bids and to get all that paperwork in, like that is so much work all preliminarily, obviously, to ensure that the home gets built because heaven forbid, right, that the the project gets stuck halfway and funding ran out. But that's so that means so like, think about it like this. This is what's interesting. This is what's kind of going on in my mind. Most people, when they're building a house like a Caribou Creek house, and, and maybe they're funding it themselves, or they sold a property and they have their own cash, however they do it. They focus on the logs and the layout and the foundation and they get their contractor, but they haven't like gone through and finished the home. Like they haven't picked out their window furnishings and their, you know, lamps and just all those little things that we've talked Mm -hmm. about this on the podcast can often actually push somebody over budget more than any other aspect because, oh, well, I'm going to get this upgraded refrigerator or I'm going to get this fancy XYZ thing, or look at these countertops. I must have them. (laughs) And so all of that is done ahead of time. What a smart move. That is pretty slick. So now when you work with a general contractor, do they, are they prepared for that? They kind of already know, Mm -hmm. like, this is how we operate. This is what it's going to take to do this. And you have to kind of play in our sandbox if you want to work this out or, have you ever had a contractor who's like, no, that's just not how we function or how, how does that, have you ever had any like challenges like that? No, not really. Because I think that the contractors really appreciate that they have somebody on their side explaining the numbers um, and explaining things up ahead of time because they are expected to, they have their own contracts that they have um, the homeowners signed with them that kind of sets their um, their their map right for the whole construction and any allowances. A lot of these finishing touches, they'll just uh, they'll plug in a number for you know appliances. Here's your allowance for appliance. Let's try and stay under that, right? Um, because yeah, it is common to have some overages, um, but a lot of the general contractors appreciate how we handle that because we'll take their budget and then we'll add a, a contingency on top of that because we have been doing this long enough that we know that there can be some overruns on costs. So we added a little bit of a buffer. Usually it's an extra 5% or so is the average above what we're already lending them for the budget. And that way, uh, if something does come in a little bit more expensive, we have a little bit of a reserve over here to grab that and, and apply it for that extra cost. But Then the other thing that happens sometimes is because we do our draws on line items. Let's say the foundation came in for less uh, than was expected and and you ended up with $3,000 extra dollars that you didn't use. Then we kind of move that down to the next line item just to have another buffer kind of down the road. Um, But then at the end, if there's anything that they ended up not using on the construction loan, they don't pay on it. It's, it's kind of like a, I like to kind of compare it to a, a line of credit, but it's fixed. So you pay on what you use. And if you don't use the whole thing, it doesn't roll over to your permanent loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was 
kind of helps avoid those those costs that can potentially go across over. But no, builders, um, general contractors appreciate that we do it that way because it keeps things organized. And then it's kind of having another person helping uh, their their people understand what's expected for the project and how things are done. And it's not just them, um, you know, asking so much of them. So we all kind of work together. It really works. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier talking about kind of wrapping up construction loans and maybe some preliminary expenses somebody might have already gotten themselves into before they met with you perhaps even a land loan. Do you guys lend on land? And, or, or I guess, let me ask you this too. What if somebody is just thinking about it? They're maybe thinking next year of starting, they don't have land yet. Would now be a good time to reach out? How does that process work for the, for the buyer? So we have a couple of different uh, avenues to approach that. Um, We can purchase the land with the construction loan. We do that quite often. And that's usually the simplest way to do that. Um, If they already have an existing land loan, they already have the the lot, let's say they purchased it a year ago, they bought it with a loan for $100,000. So they paid cash for the other $100,000. We will actually take their current market value of that lot so let's let's say it went up in value. Now it's worth two hundred and fifty thousand. So we're going to take the current value. We're going to subtract the loan that they owe on because we're going to pay that off, and then we're going to give them equity into the loan for that extra hundred and fifty thousand that they already have in value and equity as their down payment into the loan. Um, so that's kind of another unique thing that is uh, something that the Federal Savings Bank does allow is a lot of banks do not give equity uh, for the land and for stuff that's already been put into the into the project. Uh, so the other thing that we'll do is if uh, they've already got permits that are paid for, um, they've already got utilities in, well, septic, stuff like that, we'll, we'll actually, as long as they have their paid invoices, we'll give them credit for that um, to reduce how much money they have to come in with on, our, on uh, cash to close. That's incredible. Um, so- Mm-hmm. So we'll take if you want to look at a construction loan, kind of like like a purchase, mm-hmm. and you have to have a down payment, right? So uh, we can per- we can we can lend up to ninety five percent of the total construction costs of the cost to build. We call it. So you can imagine when you're already coming in with some equity into the land, that really quickly helps you get to that 5% down payment that we would otherwise need, um, or it can go towards your closing costs. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but I have a construction loan closing tomorrow for, it's an $800,000 loan amount. They are not coming in with a single penny to closing. It's it's the way that the value came in with their appraisal. Appraisal came in really strong. Um, and they already owned the land. So we're just, you know, preparing the loan for them when they're ready to make draws. That's incredible. Who, I mean, who loves to be the good guy? Alex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it fun. Yes. <laughs> Anything to closing. That's always, that's always a win for everyone. No, give them that good news. It'll make your day and theirs. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. These are really, I really enjoy this conversation. It's so insightful. And I think it really helps people understand what it looks like to come into this situation. So I guess that was one of my first questions or my last question was, like at what point does it is it beneficial for 
for people to connect with you now if they don't have land? Maybe to reverse engineer kind of, because this is a question we actually get asked a lot at Caribou, okay? They, they, people will say, well, how much does a log home cost? I just, I'm just trying to see if I can even afford it before they can even like put their head around what style and, you know, they, they don't want to go there. They just want to know what they can afford. So do you have a system where they can kind of come in and say like, yes, I could get pre-approved. This is in my wheelhouse. I mean, do you see where I'm going with this kind of this preliminary report, so to speak? Absolutely. We get a lot of people that call in uh, trying to get all their ducks in a row. Uh, and they're, you know, being very proactive as far as planning, and they may not already own the land. Um, so they're trying to get a realistic number, number one, important, I always, I always uh, recommend, let's get you pre-approved, let's find out exactly what you qualify for. And then that's going to be your guide, your budget, as far as what you can realistically build in that budget. Um, because everybody should have a budget coming into their project. Um, because if they're not going to be in a position to be able to purchase the land cash, which a lot of people can, and that's always great because you have that equity. But if you're hoping to build it all into the construction loan, then it's really smart to do make that your first step is get get pre-approved. Actually turn in your application, work with a lender who's going to set you up to guide you step by step. Um, into everything that you should expect and look towards and and also be able to guide you with things that go on at the county level that a lot of people, it just kind of hits them last minute. Like, I didn't know it would be that long to wait for a permit um, or, you know, some things that are required from their, from their general contractor. And um, so we really like to get really involved with our clients and just kind of um, instruct and teach as much as possible um, to help them come back, you know, six months down the road when they have everything in order, they have found some land, um, and we've already got them pre-approved. We're helping them by, you know, what to look for in choosing a general contractor who knows log cabins, especially is very important, um, what kind of foundation they're putting in, et cetera, uh, and, and the area that they're building in. So, um, those are all great things to, you know, think about at the beginning stages. And uh, and so that's kind of where we really, we really get involved. And we, we form really great relationships with our clients because we'll be with them from, from that infancy of the idea of building and then carry it. And it might not be a year, a year um, or two before they build, but they come back to us because they trust us, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we gave them all these tips to um, look for. Okay. And then I think I just had one last question is, does it matter to the federal savings bank if this is a primary residence or a second home? Does that, I mean, obviously everybody's unique situation is going to probably be the determining factor there, but some banks I know are a lot more restrictive with second homes. Um, how does the federal savings bank feel about that? We allow them. Yep. We actually just rolled out a brand new uh, construction loan product for our jumbos. Uh, and uh, just to uh, clarify, jumbo loans is anything over six hundred and forty thousand. Um, so uh, there was less of a market for second homes construction-wise, and uh, we're proud to say we can officially now do second home constructions for jumbo because we did them all 
all along for the conforming loan limits, anything under that 640000 uh, for our area. And of course, it varies right across the country. Um, but and it's the same in your area as well in Idaho. But uh, but yeah, we we do second homes and we do primary residence. The only ones that we um, are a little bit more gun shy on is investment properties. Um, but we do have, you know, we are owned by by, like I said, we're privately owned and we have a loan committee that takes a look at uh, certain projects, and we'll make a decision on if it's something that we can bend the rules on and lend on. Excellent. Okay, as it, this as is long incredible. As it, yeah, yeah. Obviously, every bank has their rules, and they change. That's why we're not getting too specific today because we never know what could change when this airs. This this exactly. this episode will live for a long time. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Now, folks, I want you to know that Caribou Creek and the Federal Savings Bank have partnered up and you can find out and connect with Alex, uh, find out more about her and connect with her at cariboucreek.com forward slash get dash financed. I will link it below. Um, It's on our website. We've got it all all over the place now. Get financed or finance your dream home. Uh, It's exciting. This is just exciting for everybody. We're super pumped about this partnership. And Alex, I'm so grateful for you to even spend time with me today and just educate us. This has just been incredible. Thanks for the opportunity. It's, It's amazing to be here and speak with you. And I look forward to what's next.